Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Welcome to Rolling Bones Outdoors podcast. This is Brian and Brad today. Brian Maiman is gone. B&B and B, we say. So today it's just B&B. And uh, today we are going to discuss ballistic applications, uh, predominantly one phone-based uh, ballistic apps. And uh, Brian has uh, a 400 uh, on his phone, I swear, I think. Um, I don't know if that's because he has a favorite or he can't settle on a favorite, but we're going to talk about what you should look for, why you should have one, should you have one, what are your other options, and uh, what we have found works best for us. Um, you do have a bunch, seriously, all, all kidding aside. I do. I um, probably have uh, anything revolving around ballistics, bullets, and this at least, uh, I'm going to say a dozen. In fact, I'll tell you right now. But it's what's more than a couple. I have three on my phone, and I would say my recommendation at this point, I've used more. How many do you have? Everything included 16. 16. Yep. Um, I have three. I would cut it back to two. I, I, and I think, uh, guys, they're, they're inexpensive enough. Uh, but what? Uh, first of all, we should cover a ballistic app. What is a ballistic app? What does it do? Do you need one? And why do you need one? Um, so a ballistic app is, is, is something that we have generally, it's phone-based at this point in time, and it's if you're shooting at a range that a zero no longer compensates for what you need to do it. You have to adjust the elevation turret on your scope to correct for a holdover, um, which would be your dope. Uh, so what's your favorite, Brian? Well, you uh, obviously have, we, we both think two. we need one. We both agree. I have, agree that I have we need two them. that I've been using a lot, and I like the one that you show me how to use too. Uh, the one you show me how to use is Shooter, and that's one you've been using a long time. Uh, I have Streelock and Streelock Pro, which are both very very good and easy to use. And then the Hornady, I had a little bit of issues with it last year when it was newer on my particular phone. I must need to upgrade it, and now it works amazing. Um, so for me right now, the Hornady probably is the easiest to use. The Streelock is very, very easy, too. The Streelock Pro is getting more like the shooter, so those two require a little bit more. And then I would say the Applied Ballistics one is also good, but more. And I have easy, simple ones. Like if somebody has a Swarovski scope and they have the lines, right. you want to do the printout, I have that one. If you want to have Vita Vori or like Lapua Ballistics, so sometimes you, you go abroad and there's a lot of that kind of, a lot of guys will have the, so I can look that up. I have a couple lead distances. I have a federal one. Um, I have, again, the mill dot calculator. Sometimes you go someplace and the guy has a mill dot scope. Right. And so you can pull out what the data is on that. And then I have a reloading assistant. But in general, I mean, they're all useful programs that I have, but generally I use either the, the Streelock, the Shooter, the Hornady is 99% of what I use. Right. So we were talking, we both started out, actually we didn't start out, but when we first got into ballistic apps, other than just uh, calculating how many clicks this takes and... Uh, 
we need 27 minutes to do this, that, and the other thing. And we just did it longhand for a long time. Um, me starting in 1992. Then we got, uh, we both started with X-Ball. It was, uh, it wasn't originally Night Force's X-Ball, but that was what it, Night Force must have bought it. Well, it was, night, yeah, it was X-Ball was, um, is a program that, I, I, it was a computer boat I had on my laptop. Yeah, and see, I, I had it on a, a CD, and then and then I had yes, a it H- came with a CD, and I downloaded to my laptop. I had mine, and I could download it to a Palm Pilot, but that when yeah, that was when a different that, version. That when was, that died, then you lost your data, and then I upgraded it to a Dell Axum or something. Yes. it was. It was a little a little Palm Pilot thing. That was early days. Yeah, the Palm Pilot. I remember. That we, we, one of my, some of the shooters call them a pocket PC. Yeah, and then they've got bigger ones that have everything installed on them, and they're like a weather station pocket. They're small though. I mean, they're big. And for me, I mean, honestly, the cell phone. And if you are a Kestrel guy, you can get all your data you need just with those two. Yeah, Kestrels are super nice. That's a weather station, and they have weather stations now with uh, AB on it, applied ballistics. Or and, Ford off. and they have Ford off. And I've kind of gone to um, our friend John Snow. Uh, he, right when Ford off came out, um, he was telling me about that, and he thought it was the best one. Um, and he he used it a lot with Hornaday. He's you know he helped uh, John, and I think it was Hornaday are the ones that developed the six Creedmoor. So he had a pretty close relationship with them. They called it the six hole. What was it? Six hole. Um, something outdoor life. Express, Hornaday Outdoor Life Express. That was a, that was what they originally named the Six Creedmoor for. But anyway, he told me uh, he, he was telling me. So we were we were out together for a week, bumming around, and you know all things lead to shooting. He he loves to shoot. I love to shoot. We were comparing programs, and the uh, the Hornaday Ford off is a really nice one, and the price is right. It's free. I mean, download that sucker on your phone. It's free, and I mean, what what I like about it, you can I, to check everything. The other day we went over to Darren. I was at Darren's house for about three or four hours, and he was he got a new rifle. He has six point five PRS and a PRC. PRC. I mean. And then he also has a six speed morning. He has a seven. And um, we were I I I really have basically been a G one guy. The 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 G uh, seven ballistics really are not necessary for hunting ranges. The G one ballistics are perfect for hunting ranges out to a thousand yards. But as you see, as as the range gets further and your ballistic coefficient changes, your bullet slows down. Um, the G7, the um, the Ford off that takes into effect those. So if you want to shoot over a thousand yards, and especially twelve, fifteen hundred out to you know extreme extreme stuff like the guys that shoot the two mile, which is a totally different gun. Our guns won't do that. We don't have the uh, adjustability. But I like to shoot my gun if I want to out to a mile on some of my guns. Some of my hunting guns I can only shoot to a thousand. 12, 1300 yards before you run out of effective right. ballistics on your scope, depending if you have a, if you don't have any Flat MOAs built or, in. Yes. Yeah. So for me, I, what I found with the Hornady, I, I took the bullets that I knew and put them in there, compared it to my Streelock program, which I knew that they were really accurate in that. And then also I used the Holland program. Daryl Holland has a good program that I can put on my laptop or desktop, and that's good. And if you want to make data cards, that's probably one of the best programs I've seen for making a data card. Some of these new programs, I believe you can export them to a printer um, with a new, like the Bluetooth printing and wireless printing that we have now, which I haven't done as much. But if I want to make a good da- data card, I've used Holland's mainly. I used to actually make really small data cards just on my Excel sp- spreadsheet. I'd, I'd uh, use the X-Ball or the Sierra Ballistics and cut and paste and made a super tiny, long-range uh, data card. And I'd either laminate it or tape it to my stock. Right. And so, yeah, I've done been doing that probably since the, well, probably about 2004 or five. 
So Brian was talking about G1. He's a G1 guy. I would say I'm a G7 guy that thinks, I, I, I look at it as a language. Yeah. I, sp- I don't speak any foreign languages. I barely speak English. But say, say you speak, your first language is English, and your second would be Spanish, and you have to think in English and convert. I think in G1, and I use in my apps G7. Yeah. But that, that being said, I have I, I would I would not recommend A B to people. I went to uh, Brian Litz's course, and it's it it was uh, my phone's an Apple, and it did not. It was basically I had a thirty nine dollar or thirty dollar shooter program. It was essentially the same as Shooter. They had some bugs, so I, I basically haven't used it much because at the time it didn't do anything that Shooter didn't. Shooter's my control. It it you put if you plug the parameters in and you plug it in correctly, you can shoot a long, long ways correctly with that data. Yes. And you can choose G one or G seven. You can choose G one or G seven. The A B um kind of hooks you because you can buy uh Brian Litz. He's the ballistician, the head ballistician for Burger and uh, they're a great bullet for you know and they have great some great bullets, a lot of great bullets. Very but, easy to get to shoot well. Yes, yep. Um, and he, he will give you the uh, corrected um, stepped BCs if you buy uh, his, you know, I think it's two bucks two bucks a whack for a bullet. Yeah, yeah as the velocity drops. Yeah. As the velocity drops, your BC drops. Yeah, so I bought a, you know, I bought a, you know, a handful mm-hmm. of the bullets that I use, but it, it just, um, it, it wasn't set up for iPhones when I got it, and I just mm-hmm. haven't used it. Now, Shooter is a $10 program, the the good one. I think they have a Shooter Lite or something they used to anyway. Mm-hmm. But you buy the $10 one, and you can set every parameter that you need and get everything that a guy really needs, and that's your that's on your phone. You, can, you, you take your phone everywhere. You take fit, pictures of your deer with you your phone. And you can do everything. You can actually do the step BC. You can do the... Yep. You can do the powder coefficient of, of, of velocity loss depending on the burn rate of your powder. Right. So and you can do all that. Same with the Streelock Pro. You can do that. You can do it on yep. this one. You can true it. It's it's a it's Hornady does that too. It's my it's my one that I've used by far the longest, and uh, I think since they came out, I can't remember who who. But Brian Litz helped the guy that built it, I think. And uh, now they have. If you are shooting a bullet that the Ford Off program has, I would say you should use the Ford Off because it's. Perfect. It's a Doppler file, so it doesn't even use the G, uh, the G one or G seven. So the ballistic, the BCs are are measured in different ways. So you can measure G one, G seven. Um, those are the two common ones. But there's a bunch more of ballistic profiles that they have on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the G seven is technically, I think, a little more accurate for the type of bullet that we're typically yep. all shooting now. But like uh, the Berger one sixty eight VLD, that was a Point six one seven. I mean, so when you use that for many, many, many years, everybody kind of got familiar with that. Now you look at the uh, the one eighty ELDM. That's got a BC, a G one BC of almost point eight. Yeah, six. So it's seven ninety seven or seven yeah seven ninety six or something. I think it is. So yeah. it's easy to think in those parameters. But then I always I always use the G7. Now, with the Fordoff program, that's four degrees of freedom is what they called it for. It's a free program, so it's silly not to have it. You can plug, program your favorites in there. Most of the bullets they have that we use, um, now, not all of them they will have. You know, we're, we're experimenting with a brand new bullet that it will not be in there. We'll have to use a G7. But you can use that in G7s also. But, but uh, the main thing with any of these programs is that you have to put the correct data in. That's what people have most of the problems with, I would say. Um, most of the pro- most programs require an input of station pressure, 
which is, uh, which is probably the most important parameter that you have to play with and the one that people screw up. Everybody can get the temperature right. The humidity has very little effect. And then you have to, uh, you have to either plug in the elevation or not plug in the elevation. I usually set mine to absolute pressure so I don't plug in the elevation. With the caveat of that being uh, Ford off, you actually have to put that's the only program that I know that you have to put that in with the absolute pressure. Most of them you do not. But if you put those program, if you put the parameters in, station pressure, temperature, humidity, um, it will calculate the given weight of the air and the uh, and the, what your bullet has to cut through in terms of um, how how thick and viscous the air is. So uh, those are the, my two favorites. Yeah. So humidity is the least important of the variables. Right. The second least important is the temperature and the elevation uh, or your station uh, pressure is is very 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 important so what would you what's a d- give us a definition of station pressure station pressure is the uncorrected uh, barometric pressure so um, usually like pilots I think it's 59 degrees uh, at sea level um, and it's 29.92 is uh, is barometric pressure yeah Corrected for sea, corrected for sea level, yeah. and that's what uh, like if you look at the TV, that's what it's always you know they give you yeah. the the barrow. It's always somewhere around twenty nine point nine two or twenty point nine twenty nine point nine eight. So where we live in Spearfish, um, like I, I live at forty five hundred feet. So my station pressure, my barometric pressure, like today it would probably be twenty nine point nine five or something like that yeah. you know it'd be close to that but my station pressure is 26 might well i can check it's actually even less yeah it's 25 something i think we're we're in town we're in the industrial park right now that's where the bone cave is and uh and if you don't know you can actually just type, put it in your phone and say what's the barometric pressure uh, of corrected barometric pressure for Ten thousand feet, and it will tell you. Yeah, our, like fifteen thousand feet is like seven, like seventeen or something. Our station pressure here at the Bone Cave is twenty six point two right now, and we're probably thirty five hundred feet. Yeah, we're we're low down here, uh, outside of town. But um, so that that's just the ab. That's the true pressure of the air corrected for altitude and and, yep. and storm systems. Yep. So that's. That's for me has always been the easiest. A lot of people will shoot DA density altitude. Um, I don't. I we usually use the station pressure just because it's easy. It's an easy parameter to put in our binocular. Well, my but I'm using the geovids, which um, I think things are all gravitating to that. We've got the geovids, we've got the sigs, and we've got the uh, Zeiss, <coughs> Zeiss has range finding. Too. Yep. Yeah, and they all they all have weather meters in them. I mean, I literally. I carry a Kestrel, you know, depends on what I'm doing, but I usually bring a Kestrel with me, um, which is the weather station, and it'll give you, you know, immediate, yeah. but they're always... But if it has a ballistic program in it, you can get you can get the one with the Hornady Ford off, and it will give right. you the same thing as your phone. I prefer to look at it on my phone. It's easier to use on my phone. Right. Um, and, and in the heat of the moment, I like to screenshot the phone or print it out, and if something goes wrong, if you're having to pull your Kestrel out... To do a shot on animal, it's it's too late. Right. Usually. Well, then and then I ha- do you do you have a, you have a Sunto watch or something? I wear a. I have a Sunto watch, but I have the, <clears throat> I get my the most accurate elevation is off of a Garmin GPS or a Garmin because it doesn't it doesn't 
matter what the barometric pressure is as far as the weather. I've seen big storms throw off your barometric pressure, your altitude by seven or eight hundred feet, which is not going to miss you an animal. But do you don't you don't use elevation, don't you use pressure usually? I usually I, I, on my most of the programs I put in the elevation because <laughs> I know what the elevation is, and I so when I go hunting. I put in what elevation I'm going to be hunting. Let's say if base camp's at 12 and we're going to be hunting up to 16, I'll put in 14 or 15 and do all my ballistics based on that. Now, if I'm down at camp shooting the gun and it's 12.5, I'll change the elevation and temperature. But I usually, during the day, I, I don't pull the Kestrel out. I don't even have a, I have another one that's called the Wind Something. It's a good program. It's a good unit. It's probably about eight years old. Mm -hmm. And it works really well for me. Um, but anyway, I, I usually just, once I know what the parameters are, I don't use a Kestrel with a wind meter because I nor normally right. know what the wind speed is. Yeah, pretty close, don't Yeah, unless it gets too much. And yeah, then but, then, but the problem is I don't know what the wind speed is on the side of the canyon that the animal is. And right. if there's no bushes and there's no heat waves, you can only look at the hair on his back unless he's pawing the ground and which is kicking up dust. Some of that stuff has nothing to blow. Right. It's all rock. So you're really winging it. I mean, so all, the, all this theory... At the G7s, Fordoff, and, and G1, really, the, that the G7s and, and the Fordoff are designed for shooting in, in excess of a thousand yards and a high and or a high BC bullet. But the the reason that you should have a ballistic cap on your phone is because that gives you all of the home, you do all your homework, gives all your back parameters, home, and then you know all your parameters, and, and you change you can, the variables when you go hunting, and then you can figure everything out. You can tweak them in your phone and reconstruct that data. But in, in this day and age, and if you have accurate data, I've never had a you know, where you have to go, oh, I got to go prove it. I mean, I still prove it and shoot, but I've never had where I, if I knew the correct BC, not like a, you know, some sales point BC to get these guys excited about buying the bullet, but an accurate BC, an accurate temperature, and an accurate um, velocity of my bullet. And I use a program, right? I've never had a program give me what I call bad information where I couldn't use it. I've proved them many, many times out to eight, 900 yards, which is going to be the maximum you're going to shoot these animals. Right. And I've never had one wrong. I can take Holland's program. I can take the Hornady. I can take the Streelock. I've compared them all. They're all within a couple of clicks. So Daryl Holland's program is worth mentioning because um, we both use it. It's based it on Sierra. It's based on Sierra. And, and what I do whenever I do that is I always compare it to my shooter program because that's the one I trust. Yep. And I know I just hands, hands up, hands down always. Yep. I know it's right. As long as I put the right stuff in it, and I just I double check because what does he call it? He, he he doesn't call it validate. He calls it some. He's got some goofy word for checking his validation. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, but what his is really really nice for is it makes really great range cards. And the data cards with the angle correction, if you he'll, want that. He'll do angle correction, but you know what I like it for, and I know you and I have different feelings the on ranging this. the animal with an MOA or mill line as a backup ranging tool, and the first line, the first column on his data card, which is worthwhile. You guys should all go buy it. It's it's uh, it's inexpensive and it's worth having. It makes great data cards, and I I usually make them for whoever I'm going with. If I'm going on a mule deer hunt, mm -hmm. I'll do a. I'll do a bracketing size of 18 inches. If I go on an elk hunt, I'll do a bracket of 28. I know you do a I just do fat 20. 20. I do fat 20 for everything. Yeah. But I, I don't mind making different data cards. No, if you're going to do that, it's the ideal way that takes some of the thought process out is get one for each specific animal. Yeah. I and do 20 because I like things in 10s and 20s. It's easy for me to do math. Right. And it's, it, see, and I don't like to do math when I'm thinking and I'm hunting and I'm excited mm -hmm. and the pressure's on. I like to just, okay. Um, my range front is too foggy. It's snowing like crazy. Um, okay, let's let's uh, bracket this animal, and we're going to get a range estimate. And it works good to about 500 yards. So, and most of the time, 
You can, most of the time, you can make a five, 500 yards, you can get uh-huh. to that. And even if you have the reticle that doesn't have the up and down lines, let's say I have a 4W or the wind reticle by Leopold or the Swarovski makes a 4W, yeah. you can turn it on its side and you can get the MOAs yeah. that way. Yeah, all of our, we, we all use vertical and horizontal. But anyway, um, that's worth having. Um, we've used it in competitions where, uh, like one of the places we went and did a lot of 10-inch plates. And they specifically set it up so there was no way to range them. They had them over, uh, you know, they had it on the horizon or something so you couldn't hit anything. And uh, that was a nice way because they were, they were designed to give a couple points to other guys who could range with their scope and not rely on a rangefinder. And some guys, you know, they'd bring the Vectronics and they'd have better rangefinders. But I would say in terms of ballistic apps, you should have a couple of those or one or two of those on your phone. Hard uh-huh. to beat the Ford off for nothing. Hard to beat Shooter for 10 bucks. So Shooter, Streelock, <clears throat> and Hornady Ford off are the, my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because some of these programs, you have to have the length of the bullet. So the shooter, you have to know what the length is. So you either there's a pro, you can go online. Some of them have it already in the system. Yeah, the, the if you get it from the bullet library and it uh, shooter, has it. it has it. It has all the parameters. <clears throat> Same with the street lock. It needs it. Where the Ford off, and the uh, the normal street lock doesn't. You don't have to have the length of the bullet. Right. So they just want the BC of the bullet. I would say in today's world, uh, you should also. I mean, the easiest, by far easiest way to make this happen now is to have. A ballistic program in your range finding device I, it makes it so much nicer it has like ours has a weather station the sigs the mm-hmm. uh leicas the geoviz i have the older well i don't have the i have the old geovids too yeah but i have the uh whatever they are the humpback whale ones mm-hmm. the ones i'm using they're three years old now and they have a little micro sd card that's a real pain in the butt to program it's such a tremendously inconvenient but they've changed that yeah. i'm told it's now like uh it bluetooth the new ones this year bluetooth off mm-hmm. your phone which would be a lot better but that, that takes a lot of the guesswork out yeah. as long as the program as long as everything the parameters are accurate i always like a backup i so i either have a custom turret like i have right. uh, one scope that's a huskamont that has a custom turret on it leopold you you order a scope, you get a custom turret, or you can get the tape right. that we that you, the way you, we do them. We have tapes because now most people just the by far the in my opinion for hunting the best way to go is to have the BDC dialer, the DCT dialer, whatever way I want to call them, where the yardage is engraved with the, the, the it's done the math for you. Okay, if you need 16, yeah. 16 minutes. It's uh, it's at 822 yards or whatever. Yep. So the the homework is done. You just dial to the yardage, and it's there's a pretty range, pretty broad range of a sweet spot in there that works really, 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 really well for hunting applications. And if you're relatively within a few thousand vertical feet, um, and relatively within even 20, 40 degrees temperature, it it, it won't matter on normal hunting ranges. No. It's going to get you very, very close. Yeah, and, and as you shoot the further, you can see that's where when you go over a thousand yards, that's where the G7s and the Ford off is really critical. If you're shooting on hunting ranges, I, I I put all of them in the different programs. If they have them, I do the G1 and G7. If they only have those, if they have all three, I'll put all three in with the same velocity, the same ballistic coefficient, the same elevation and temperature. And it's amazing out to a thousand yards how close all the corrections are. Especially 800 yards, which would be your typical hunting distances. Yeah. Then it's it's very, very close. It's very user friendly and very. So that's the, that, in our opinion, that's the best way to do it. We, we also make ours so that they have the minutes on the bottom in case you want to. The minutes. Hey, the ideal is minutes or mills on the bottom, and then the corrected elevation. Yeah. And there's a couple, a couple companies like the the Husqvarna system will put the MOA at wind drift. I typically will just memorize the. I call it the wind drift correction factor. So a sh- super shoot f- sh- flat shooting gun. 
um, let's say if it, it drifts um, 3, 3M away at 600 yards, the wind drift factor would be 0.5. If it was drifting 6M away at, at 600 yards, the wind drift factor would be 1. So I kind of memorize a wind drift factor based on a 10 mile an hour wind. So if it's 10 miles an hour and I'm shooting a high BC flat shooting gun with a wind drift factor of 0.5, I know that between 350 and say 700 yards, I just do whatever the MOA is, multiply it by a half, take half of it, and that's my wind drift and MOA. And that's a really good factor to know. So again, quick and dirty, you got an eight mile an hour wind, you know, you, um, you, you take off, you know, 20% right. instead of 10. You, so you, I like to do everything in tens, whether it's guessing the range of the animal based on a 20 inch body or a 10 mile an hour wind drift. And what I really like about the Ford off is you can put in the, the parameters, you can put in the sp uh, spin drift. You have you can put in love with you can put in the you can put in the I call it the cornholio uh, <laughs> uh, you know cornelia uh, you call it the Coriolis. Coriolis. yeah exactly which is the um, the curve the spin of the Earth uh, but you can put in all those parameters and then you can change what you put what azimuth you're at so you're sitting there and you put the wind direction take the dial spin it put the exact elevation and put the put the angle you're shooting so I still like a rangefinder that gives me if you really want to shoot super precise have a rangefinder that, that you can either give you the straight line distance and or the, the the angle or the corrected distance and if you want the most accurate I put the angle in or this thing will actually tilt right. and give you the angle our phone it, that's easy enough and I have but an angle cosine indicator on a couple of my guns yeah. which is a mechanical angle it's kind of like an angle cosine indicator with an MOA lines, and your scope is kind of like the mechanical way to range find and, and determine your, your, your cosines for right. shooting. But so anyway, I could do that, and I set my phone and the direction. And so if you have a, a wind drift from the left versus wind drift from the right, it'll actually, I mean, so it'll it take it, your, it'll it correct your for your spin of your bullet, your one, yeah. one and eight twist. So if you have a really high uh, wind from the right and you got a right-hand wind uh, barrel twist, and the the bullet climbs as the wind's hitting it, and as you're if you're pushing it from the left, as the bullet's going to the right, it's pushing it down. It corrects for all that stuff. Right. It's fun. You just put a 20 mile an hour wind drift in, and you spin the dial, and you can see not only does your your bullet go right and left with your correction, but it varies the further you are out there. Because if it's taking in a, the the um, spin drift, it might be um, 0.7 m away. And that could be seven inches one, from one side versus the other way. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's plus seven inches. So you can actually change a lot. So by taking that dial, it actually shows you what's going on with the wind drift and everything else. Which is a good reason maybe to have both because the shooter does not do that. And you can set, it's nice to set a 10 mile an hour wind from nine or three. And it gives you, yeah. it gives you your wind correction with the with yep. the Ford off. It does program aerodynamic jump in there. So I usually have mine set uh, at I don't use yeah. the wind dial unless I'm on this on the so spot and I have that zeroed out at noon. It was super accurate because I was sitting out there where we're shooting this week and we were having a tailwind, a quartering wind. So you have it 10 miles an hour, but when you quarter, it's it's acting like a four mile an hour. But it also will change it it because if you have a if you have a tailwind, it makes your bullet hit slightly higher, not as much as wind drift on the side, and a head hard headwind will make your bullet hit slightly lower. So that takes into all that account. So right. when you put the angle of the wind, you read your the thing is what what the kestrels don't do is they don't tell you the wind at the halfway point or the end point. If you're 1500 yards, and you're shooting across a canyon with a side canyon. You're going to have probably at least two wind shears, maybe three shears. So you got to figure out what is the net wind. 
between A and B and at what percentage is the wind at 10 mile an hour, 15 mile an hour, and then 10 mile an hour at the other direction. So you got to give a corrected wind drift, and that's the, the hard part. I would say the Kestrels are really tournament shooter events, and then to give you uh, the – it's a weather station, but, I mean, the, the AB and the Fordoff ones are really more designed for tournament. Uh, I, I have not found them to be beneficial in the field for the most part because – Only shooting on the flats, and to give you an idea, so if the wind speed's here at 10, and it looks like it's the same speed there but a different direction, you, it's, it's a – shooting wind is like doing karate. You're not going to have a black belt in karate – your first week in karate, and you're not going to be good at wind judging your first week in shooting. You cannot buy wind experience, can you? There's no, no and that's there's why no the purchase, and that's, there's no, uh, there's and, no dollar sign. And that's on the why, wind. yeah, that's why the higher the BC within reason, the flatter the shooting the gun within within recoil management, the le the more human error you have. So let's say you take uh, 28 nozzle versus the 308. Your wind drift factor on the, on that twenty eight nozzle is half of let's, the three hundred eight. Let's use anything else than a twenty eight nozzle because I have I know. no love for it. Zero, so let's take let's love. take a seven song. Okay, okay. So let's take a bullet that's going say three thousand to thirty one hundred feet per second with a BC of 0.7 right. versus a gun that's going twenty seven hundred feet per second with a BC of 0.4. You're, you're you you still have a you still have error out there. So as much as a guy with a known wind can shoot a three hundred eight with a three hundred mags and the seven mags all day long. But once the wind call comes into a variable and it's changing, that's where the flatter your gun, the more power you have behind it within reason, the higher the BC, you have more room for error. You have more, so, so instead of getting a gut shot, you'll get a liver shot with that flatter shooting and gun. And I would argue a gun that you can follow the recoil and yep. follow your shot and make a correction on. That's where the 6.5s and the 7s are wonderful. Yep. The 30s are great if you have a heavy gun. So any other thoughts or uh, advice on a ballistic app, Brian? No, I mean, the ballistic apps are awesome, but still, even if you, you take a data card, I even take with those little notepads. If you want to do a really long one, take, you know, the little sticky notes that I think they were at three by three. If you want to make a great big one, get like the three by six, and you can make one out to about 12, 1500 yards. And I hand write that, and I laminate it with a clear Gorilla tape and pack it in my pocket, or I stick it on the side of my stock and laminate it. But whether that or you take your laptop or you screen, because most camps don't have a printer in them. Um, if you go to a base camp of an outfitter, they do. And it's just a nice thing. I mean, I typically know what I'm going to when I get there, so you can print out the data card. Uh, you can make your data card. But it's nice to have a data card. I like a backup. I mean, the turret that's pre-engraved with a known is still great, but I've got there, and you, you, let's say you don't have your ammo, uh, you don't have the right bullet that you, uh, put, you know, if you have your Hornady, you have your f shooter, you can, you can recalculate things. You can estimate what the velocity is if somebody doesn't have a chronograph. And, um, yeah. But the more you know about ballistics, the easier this stuff is. And you can be off quite a bit with velocity and BC, again, if you're shooting out to four or 500 yards. Once you start doing the extreme range stuff, you have to know all your parameters very, very accurately. Otherwise, your, your end result is going to be poor. Yeah, garbage in, garbage out. Get Figure station pressure out. Figure out the difference between station pressure, barometric pressure. Um, get the right parameters entered. That's where I see most people have mm -hmm. trouble and can't figure these apps out is because they, they, they're mm -hmm. not using... Usually it's the pressure is what gets people. The other thing, too, is you and I were doing the quick correction between a G1 and a G7. In general, it's, it's about... Um, if your G7 BC is... Well, let's say a G1. Most people... I memorize the most G1 BCs and most bullets. So let's say... Um, you say take a good B, a burger bullet that's around 0.6 your G1 is not quite... 140 VLD, it's, 6 it's, millimeter. It's not quite <laughs> 0.5. It was like it, the Hornady bullets we were on, the, when we were comparing, they were 0.504. And the other one, I think you said one was about 0.51. Yeah, super close. So, so, which so was it's the about, multiplication factor. It's, if you multiply 
two on a on a horn, on a burger bullet. Usually, you can get the G7. It's a close equivalent. So, yep. but I, my take-home points would be redundancy. I like to make sure I can get the pressure. Usually, you don't need that. You're figuring that out when wherever you're going to hunt. You know, you have okay. I'm going to be around six thousand yep. feet. My six thousand feet uh, data would be good for forty-five hundred to eight thousand. No problem. Um, I would say get your get your ballistic app and get familiar with it and get your station pressure. I would say uh, number one, look at some of these rangefinders that have the weather stations and the ballistic data built in. They are lifesavers for uh, hunting purposes. And then put all that crap on your turret because that's the lifesaver and learn how to use that and y you can have all that. Um, I always print data cards i build my buddy brian some because he he doesn't and uh, i'll usually build those laminate them and we throw them in our cheek piece and i will do those for different uh da's or station pressures whatever you know um, i'll do maybe uh, four thousand feet i'll do an eight thousand feet and i'll do a twelve thousand feet yep. i got my, i got all my bases covered if i'm hunting mule deer i build it for an 18 inch module so i can uh, use it as a range finding crutch if i need to and uh, off i go those would be uh those would be uh, my tidbits of advice. Yeah, very good. And mine would be, don't rely on, don't rely on having all your electronics working perfectly. Being able to have it still basic for hunting is important. Hey, we appreciate you listening to our uh, Hunt the World podcast. Um, if you like this, give us a give us a rating and give us some feedback and tell your friends. We really appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.